0: You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff.
0: Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck. The podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me over at Twitter at Cliffy D.
1: And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at Sport Buff, where if you use the promo code AL's Flight Deck Ten at checkout, you will save ten percent on your entire order. So if you head over to www.sportbuffshop.com, use the promo code, save 10%, and get a hold of the brand new 2023 CFL merch that they now have available.
0: And the Alouettes Flight Deck is all over the internet. Make sure you head over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca to check out our entire eight-year archive of the show. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at AlouettesFLDeck. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pod. Make sure you check out our Instagram page at Deck. And also head over to our merchandise store over at teespring.com slash stores slash Deck. And don't forget, you can also check out our, please subscribe to our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash alouettesflightdeck.
1: Camp! Camp! It's finally here, baby. Finally, and so there was this one time in band camp. Uh, <laughs> it it's it's finally here, dude. It's fi- it's it's a little bit different from normal, you know. At least at least from last year with the whole strike thing and whatnot. Um, but it was nice being at camp. But day one, it's been a very long time since I've been at day one quite a while that i've been since and couldn't last year because it happened during the week it just happened that the cfl had scheduled it because everything seemed to fit fit into the schedule properly where everything was on a uh was on a sunday um but we made it dude we made it it's funny we got almost the same welcome that we did last year from the exact same person this year (laughs) which was
0: amazing oh absolutely it was almost like i was like good now that you guys are here camp can get underway (laughs) and that's a good feeling you know it's like like, i'm not really one to toot our own horns but i mean it's it's really cool that we get the recognition and the love from various members of the organization Mm -hmm. and we we appreciate it folks we really do it's really awesome that uh, we get recognized and it's just great i mean it just shows that hey there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast and we are truly truly thankful and as you said yeah Camp is underway, and it just feels like all is right with the world again. Because now we're we're back into it after months and months of off season and all the craziness that went about with it. You know, all we really wanted was just to see some damn football action. And sure enough, this past Sunday, we finally, finally got to see some honest to goodness football. Mm-hmm. Not a full game, mind you. It was a lot of drills. It was a lot of practice things it was
1: you know it but that's what it is that's what camp is is to start off i mean we're gonna obviously we're gonna talk about it more you know we're gonna hype up the 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 scrimmage that's coming up this uh this next week but you know as i said on on social media it you know good thing for those those cheat sheets and those uh programs uh the the, you know the sheets with the, the numbers and the names of all the players because uh it really was needed because you really did need that to tell the numbers and the players and who the hell we had this year because it uh, yeah, it's a. It basically is a. I think I said I said this last week. It's basically a brand new team
0: in a lot of ways. It really is. And even though we did see some familiar faces, and we were so happy to see those familiar faces as well, it was kind of weird because there's a few guys that we knew that uh, ended up changing their number. So, after getting used to, Quite for example, yeah, yeah, I mean, we went with, for example, uh, quarterback Davis Alexander. When he was in camp last year, he was wearing number six, and then when he finally made the roster, uh, they switched him to number seventeen. Now this year, he's rocking the number three, and for a very good reason, too, Tim. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we, we, we asked him about it, because I remember he had told us, because once we found out that Darius Pickett was going to be signing with the Toronto Argonauts, suddenly the number six became available. Right. And we, I thought, okay, well, shoot, Davis will probably take that, because he wore that number in college. He wore it during the preseason. It seemed to be uh, a number of a significance to him, so he'll probably jump all over that if he gets a chance. And then he had told us during the offseason season that, nope, there's another number coming, and uh, just, just wait for it. I'm like, okay, so you got my attention now. And sure enough, wearing the number three, I'm like, dude, okay, uh, you want to tell us what number three is all about? And sure enough, he had mentioned that uh, last year, after working with uh, Vernon Adams in camp, and uh, the two of them had become extremely close, uh, this was his way of paying homage to, to Vernon and... Uh, and everything that he's, uh, all the wisdom that he was able to impart on uh, young Davis. And now it's going to be weird because, again, I, I, I see number three for the Alouettes, and I, I, I want to say it's Vernon, but it's not. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's he's still wearing number three, but now for the BC Lions.
1: Does that mean the team's going to be having a, a change the nameplate day? Yeah. Oh they kind
0: of have to don't they like at this point <laughs> i no, no wonder people have trust issues when it comes to, like you, you go and you buy a jersey like tyson philpot for example as we discussed last episode yeah I switched to number six so obviously davis was going to take that so that's Part of, part of the intrigue of the new number, but then sure enough, number three. And then we find out other people are switching numbers left, right, and center. I'm like, what the heck? So, you Oh, well, Cole, you, Cole
1: speaker switched, <laughs> switched to
0: Davis's old number. Yeah. It's like musical chairs, like musical numerical chairs. <laughs> it's it's a good thing to
1: see that my number 31, William Standback Jersey is still number It's still the number one as th- uh, William Standback Jersey
0: for now. But you know what? Like seriously, I, I know it's, you know the team wants to sell jerseys you, you want to get attached to a player you want to get behind them and what better way to show your support for them is buying the jersey the jersey with their num- name and number on it but when they change their numbers like that it's like damn like um, like for example I like I know quite a few people bought Tyson Philpot's number 81 jersey mm-hmm, last year mm-hmm. and now they're obsolete and like that sucks because i mean jer- jerseys aren't cheap you know i mean they're not not super expensive but at the same time they're still not cheap especially when you're getting one like a custom one made which you know and I, i'm pretty sure tyson's not, uh, he's got a good heart but i don't think he's gonna pay for everybody who bought his jersey to get it switched over to the number six i mean it's just it's it's one of those things like let the buyer be aware but damn like no, no wonder like people get worried about buying a jersey, or why well, you still see people wearing jerseys of like you know twenty twenty five years ago. Like, like they're raggedy as hell. But I mean, like okay, like they bought yeah. the jersey.
1: Yeah, uh, which I get too. But and and as I mentioned to you, and I'm going to mention just in case people don't know this, is that while I understand you know your reasoning, it's it's sound reasoning, Cliff. But. For those you don't know, if the team is going to be selling a jersey on their website specifically with their name and number, not one that you from I not, that is currently listed on the website as player X, this is their number, right? Not one that you do uh, that you can get made custom, custom. Mm-hmm. But if it's there, they get a percentage of that sale, which I think is built into the uh, built into the CBA. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, so th- th- I get your point, but this point, to, you know, this thing too, I'm all forg- for giving these guys uh, a percentage if I buy the jersey.
0: thousand oh, percent! I I will never, you know, discredit anyone or suggest otherwise that they they don't deserve even just a a small portion of uh, of jersey sales, but. At the same time, though, it just it just sucks though. Like you know, you go out and you buy so and so's jersey, and then next year he changes his number, and you're like, "Ah, uh, hello!" I, yeah. I just shelled out uh, like a hundred and sixty dollars for your jersey, bud. And I go and do this to me, like, what the hell?
1: Oh, it's funny, you know what? If they're gonna do a a a nameplate change day, they need to do it for uh, for Cody's jersey because because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know. and I I know a few people bought Harris Seven jerseys from uh, for last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the team can find a way to get you know Fajardo kind of sublimated over them, that would be ideal. I mean, at least that way you won't, it doesn't feel like a total loss.
1: No, but, no, 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 it's not. But, but I digress. But but oh, I still want to tell this one story, and then because it is still camp related. Because obviously after camp, we were able to speak with a ton of people. It, for me, it's getting used to a new numbers and still getting used to these new faces. Mm-hmm. You know, because I there are a lot of guys we are just meeting for the very first time. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. story you have to tell this story and how it came about and how we uh, how we ended, uh, you know what I ended up saying but what it, tell everybody the story that you that when you were talking to uh, um the current draft pick uh, Shedler Fervis
0: oh just uh, <laughs> I had happened to mention uh, they gave him number seventy to wear and ask any football person any, any player who's played in any league it seems like the number 70 is the kiss of death. It's like, if if you're wearing this number, you better ball out big time. You, you got to prove that you belong on the team because automatically that's like the, you know, the misbegotten number. Like you, you do not want to be wearing number 70. And, and he laughed like, well, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can to make the team. And, you know, you had that, 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 excitement in his voice like you and such a fine young man i must say
1: yeah we'll we'll have to get him on but also because my comment to you because we were talking about you know number changes i said to him was i said hey make the team at first i said do you do you really want to be telling him this um but (laughs) but then it was make the team change the number because there will be numbers available as of today as an example because of all the cuts there are now number other numbers available
0: yeah like i'm pretty sure uh, shedler stuck with 70 until Cut, cut the final cut down day mm-hmm. uh, should he make the roster then yes i'm pretty sure they'll say okay we got some more numbers available now what do you want what what works for you kind of deal yeah. i think he wore number three when he was uh in college so that's obviously not going to be available to him but <laughs> you know we'll, they'll figure something out right
1: exactly <laughs> um you know day one of camp you know i think we we went into it knowing what we were going to see um Guy's a little bit tentative. Guy's a little bit sloppy. A guy, uh, quarterback's not really on. I think that was that was basically the the story from the get-go for everybody. You know, not singling any particular person out because, again, it was day one. You know, the quarterbacks had been there during rookie camp and stuff like that. Uh, so that, you know, obviously some of the what rookie wide receivers needed somebody to, to throw to them. Um, but from your perspective, did anything stand out? I mean, I know, you know, again— I was watching quarterbacks and wide receivers as much as possible. Um, Where were you looking at initially when practice started up?
0: Well, it was interesting because we kind of got to see a little bit of everything all at once. Uh, I know they started off with special teams like field goal kicking and all that, which was different. I mean, there are extra kickers in camp. So yeah, I guess make sure that they get them get get a little bit of attention. Uh, I mean, kind of like you i was kind of focusing a little bit more on the offense because it seemed to be where we were sitting it was folks that's where the the offensive players were were lined up and you know we seemed to get a little bit more of that attention uh we didn't get really see a whole lot of everything until they started doing the one-on-ones and the scrimmages if you will like Mm -hmm. as as, as far as trying out new plays and trying out uh, different players at different positions and such uh i'm to me, like, I, I looked at the quarterback competition. Uh, I mean, you, see what, you, you know what Cody Fajardo can do. Uh, Caleb Evans, I was really cons- uh, you're curious to see what he could do. I mean, we know him primarily as a short-yardage specialist. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was able to throw the rock pretty well. And, uh, you know, he, he made a couple of interesting plays. Uh, got a couple of nice throws in. Uh, Davis Alexander, though. Holy jeez, this guy's got a, a rocket I for know. And, by
1: the way, you mentioned this. You weren't the only one who mentioned this. The dude looks svelte. I know you talked to him about this. Did, did he actually lose some poundage during the year, uh, during the off season? Incredibly enough, he gained some poundage.
0: Seriously? But, but muscle. Let's not forget, muscle okay, weighs okay. more than fat people. So, yeah, he <laughs> he actually bulked up, but in a good way. Because I, I remember last year, yeah, he, you know, I'll, I'll say it. He looked a little puffy. Like, not in a bad way, but like, okay. He, you know, it was like that like that freshman 15 that you put on. Like,
1: he looked, a, a, you know, like— <laughs> Or the COVID-20? <laughs> for,
0: for example. And listen, I'm guilty of that as well. Believe me, I, I, I'm not about to start uh, fat-shaming anybody here. Like, you know, rocks, uh, you know, was it that people live in glass houses don't throw stones kind of deal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we look and he's like, you're looking yoked, dude. Like, I mean, you're looking like, you know, looking strong, looking swole practically, but yeah. And he'd mentioned like, cause we, we looked at, uh, he was listed at what one ninety five on the, the sheet. And mm-hmm. we thought that was generous, but no, I mean like he's actually in like the, the what do you say? I think he said two Oh five, two Oh six range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but again, muscle, I mean like he looks I, again, of kind of hard to tell when you're wearing your football uniform, but I'd say he probably was looking a little more jacked than he was. I'd say this time last year, which, yeah. Credit to him, because that clearly means he's taking this seriously. Like, I think he realizes that there's a golden opportunity for him to really make a name for himself. I mean, he he was, like, the training camp darling last year, had an outstanding preseason, and then was able to make the roster, like, make the practice roster, and finally got some playing time towards the very end of the season last year. But I think he's come into camp, like, almost, like, you know i could be qb1 if you let me if if i get the opportunity i'm, I'm going to take it so i i love that if if that's his mindset then i i'm, I'm all for it i definitely think he's got the talent i, I i've said it numerous times i think he's extremely talented he's still raw in a lot of ways and i think if if this team really wants to get behind him and really give him the opportunity to become a superstar i think it, for him it, it's there for, it's there for the taking he just has to realize it realize believe in himself and just Go ahead, and whatever opportunities come your way, whether it's in training camp sessions or during the preseason games that the Alouettes are going to be playing, this is his time, and he's got to show that he's not just some, you know, flash in the pan. Like, like he he is what we we think he's going to be, and I, I truly do think in the right environment, and I think Montreal could very well be the right environment for him to become a bona fide superstar in this league.
1: Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other things too. I mean, it's you know day 1 you really can't take much stock and i mean one thing we one thing we can say is we did notice that uh and, and this is not this is not something that nobody knows about but i mean you know chandler worthy wasn't playing that day one but we found out why you know because of uh of passport issues and he was he'd literally just gotten into camp Mm -hmm. um so he was he was sitting out day one uh the alouettes did put uh sean jameson reggie white jr and uh, raheem wilson on the six game injured list uh we figured as such for reggie Uh, we found out how much longer and it's it it sucks It, it looks like Reggie will be able to uh, rejoin the team uh, for the uh, uh, for the September-October run Mm -hmm. from what he what he mentioned to us.
0: Yeah. Uh, He said he's feeling good. But I mean, he did tear three of those ligaments like Uh, the ACL, PCL and LCL. I think it was. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I mean, that that's no joke, folks. Because I I remember us talking to him right the day he did it after, you know, post game after he did it. Yep. Yep. So and then Sean Jameson, I'm not surprised. But then again, you know who's who's going to be the backup center now? Because Sean was a backup center last for a little bit last year, wasn't he? Or well, he, he was was actually the,
0: well, he was starting center yeah. until he got hurt, and now with, with the team signing Justin Lawrence, in there free we go. Agency,
1: that's it. Yes, yes, yes.
0: I mean, that's going to be your starter right there. Yeah. And then uh, Rodim Brown, who was the draft pick last year, I, I definitely see him as somebody who's ready to take that next step. Like he was on the suspended list yet last year, and I think he, believe he went back to school even in order to make sure that the yellows could retain him, so that. Come 2023, he'd be back in camp Mm -hmm. and back ready Mm -hmm. to compete. And that's a guy that I think truly has the potential to be a major star on this offensive line. And if Sean Jameson can't go for whatever reason... I think, honestly, the center position is more than fine because you – don't forget, you also have David Brown who took a few snaps at center last year as well and did not look out of place whatsoever. And, In fact, and, I think the only reason he got out of the lineup was because he, too, unfortunately suffered the injury bug. But this this right. O-line has incredible depth this year. Oh,
1: and I, I think it's funny, too, that we're actually putting Christian Matt as a fourth option for center, which is crazy. Is it not?
0: Well, I mean – But it'll, still, it
1: just show. but you're saying it just shows depth. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah,
0: and I don't think it's a knock necessarily towards Christian. I think it's more of a matter of we know what Christian Matt can do. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but he's not a young man anymore. I mean, let's, I mean, he was drafted in 2011. So I mean,
1: you talk about, I have you, his rookie community card at work.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking about one of the elder statesmen, if you will, on this team. And that's Christian Matt, like someone who has been there, done that and gotten the T-shirt. I mean, and he, he can still go. You can you can tell the, the fire is still burning in him because he, he still wants to be very much a part of this. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean. To have someone like that, to be able to impart that kind of wisdom on the youngsters like a Rodin Brown or even a a Patrick Davis. like These are young men that, given the right opportunity, will be ready to go. I no doubt we will be seeing a lot of time in uh, the preseason game against Ottawa uh, next week. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, it's it's coming up fast, the preseason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. but it's – I mean – you so see there weren't really any surprises as far as who weren't who wasn't going to be practicing or who was isn't going to be starting right away with with, uh, with camp um and did anybody really stand out to you i mean again we were there day 1 i'm sure we will see a hell of a lot more at the scrimmage this coming week um there have been some unique uh, stuff that has been reported so it's not like it's anything Secretive or what we did last year, and not mentioning who was sitting out and whatnot um, about certain players who are seem to be a little dinged up because that has been reported. But did anything anything else really surprise you from people that you saw? I mean, obviously it was great seeing uh, uh, Hergy back, obviously, and, and is where he feel where he belongs and getting him back into it. And uh, anybody else, step, you know, really?
0: Well, I think you got the usual suspects. I mean, uh, like Tyson Philpot was. Looking outstanding as we have come to expect from him. Uh, KGG, as you said, uh, still got the speed, still, still nitro. As we, as we have nicknamed him earlier this year. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I mean, well, since you made it, since you made it, I'm going to say it right now. If people I didn't know, Phil Pot hasn't practiced for the past two days because of a potential hammy, mm-hmm. uh, which was the issue that occurred for him last year at the beginning of training camp. But we'll obviously we'll update you as, as information becomes available. Mm-hmm.
0: I know that uh, one uh, player that's getting a lot of attention right now, and even so much as lining up with the ones over the past couple of days, is uh, Keyshawn Abram. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we we were asking like who's going to replace Geno Lewis as far as that uh, out of nowhere receiver that like, like he was back in the day, and. So far, I know it's it's still early, and we we still have still haven't seen him in the scrimmage game or in actual preseason action. But so far, over the past couple of days, that's the name that's been coming up quite a bit as far as lining up with the ones and just making outstanding plays happen. So I mean, that's one name to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah,
1: because uh, he another- started off as four, right? Was that the story that that Joey Affieri was mentioning in in his uh, uh post camp store uh, post camp day stories? Was he was he the one that was it started at four or five and is now working with the ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. That, that that's that's unheard of.
0: Well, it's not necessarily. It's about there's an opportunity. There's there's a spot available. Like who's going to take it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like I said, the was brought in a lot of receivers, and you can't keep them all. But I mean, obviously, they're going to keep the ones who are standing up and standing out. So uh Abram right now is currently on that list as far as the uh, the one of the ones to watch. uh I know Tyler Sneed has been was given quite a bit of fanfare when he was signed in the off season. Uh, Looked OK. Not, uh, I would say, outstanding yet, but uh, maybe it was just one of those situations where we just, you know, lying in wait, maybe just trying to get comfortable. Because uh, let's not forget, folks, for American receivers to come into the CFL and have to get used to things like the waggle and and, and you know, all the other little idiosyncrasies that come with Canadian football, some catch on quicker than others. Uh, this could be a case where Abrams catching on be a little bit quicker than what uh, uh, Tyler Steed might be doing, for example. Uh, another name that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, too, for partially selfish reasons is Austin Mack, uh, mostly because he's a former San Francisco 49er, <laughs> uh, a name that I recognized back when he was with the Niners. Uh, and now he's here in Montreal and curious to see if he's got what it takes to uh, to make it like it didn't work out for him, in San Francisco, unfortunately, but uh, maybe he can get a, a renaissance here in Montreal, if you will. So, I'll, you know, yes, uh, there is niner ties there, so I'm obviously interested. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on him, see what uh, see what he's been able to do. I, I mean, that that's been one of the big keys this year, as far as the receiving position goes, because losing a Jake Winicky and a Eugene Lewis, not ideal, not not something you would necessarily want. But when you look at the the three national receivers that we have in Myala, Philpot, and Julian Grant, I mean, that's that's some serious talent right there. And then you got Greg Ellingson kind of bringing up the rear. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some good hands on this team, but again, you need that depth. You need guys that we that can slot in at a moment's notice. And it's going to be, as I said, one of these many many receivers that were invited to camp. And even though cutdowns have already started, and a couple of those receivers were shown the door, it's guys that I've mentioned here. Like those are your three guys that I think, in the right opportunity, with if given the the right you know right play calls, right momentum. They could make some noise, and so far they are making noise. So I'm. Those are three guys I'm definitely keeping my eye on. In addition to the already established receivers on this team.
1: What are your thoughts on Najee Murray taking? Basically, he seems to be doing trying out and getting used to the spot that Adarius Pickett was was roaming last year. I know they they were talking about that. I think in one of their uh, one of the press game either they were press game scrums or or uh, in one of the uh, post camp stories. What, what are your thoughts on on uh, on him taking up that potentially taking up that spot this year?
0: Not surprised at all. I I mean, Najee is a a tremendous player. And unfortunately, he got hit by the injury bug last year. So we didn't get a whole chance to really see him capitalize. He had a a great 2021 season. And unfortunately, it didn't quite take off in 2022 like he had hoped it would. Uh, So now I think this for him is a bit of a comeback story if you will and i i think he's he's ready to prove that yeah I, i've been on this team now for a few years and i'm i'm ready to show what i can do i'm ready to take that next level and become one of those superstar names like the names that you you hear on this defense and i, I think noel thorpe is going to give naji as many opportunities as possible to prove that he can be that guy mm-hmm. and again replacing a Darius pickett as i said easier said than done but i think naji is up to the task and yeah he also too looked Pretty outstanding that first day of camp.
1: Now things are stranger too because I'm sure if people didn't know, you know, former Alaway Patrick Levels got released also by Ottawa. So it's thing things can happen really really quick around here. So you, you need to really stand out before you know, uh, especially during camp as we've seen. So
0: yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, you, there's a lot of the names on this list. You're like, who the heck is that? But then you, yeah, once you but once you see them in action, and then like you see so and so making an outstanding play, you're like, what? Who who did that? And you're like, number forty, you know, five. Oh, oh okay well all right now i'm paying attention to number 45 now or oh 96 is do oh okay all right well you're going right back to that list that that uh that program if you will to see Mm -hmm. who's so-and-so because i don't recognize him but sure enough uh yeah yeah yeah, okay so
1: yeah if you're going to if you are going to go to the scrimmage this saturday make sure you grab one on your way in because it will be needed it will even for vets like like Cliff and I, and for the uh, for the others that were there. Yeah, it was needed. So I'm, I'm I'm
0: telling you, like I said,
1: between the the number changes and the new invites,
0: and even seeing some old familiar faces is good. But yeah, there there are a couple times like, wait a minute, who's so and so again? Oh, oh, okay, right, <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Uh, a, a prime example would be Siante Evans, who played <laughs> for the the Alouettes in 2019, had an outstanding uh, campaign. Uh, left in free agency, I think he signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, and it didn't work out s- well. I mean, he was oh, he did he did a fine job for the for the Tiger Cats, and lo and behold, ended up back in Montreal and did not look out of place again. Look looked out like he he looked like that superstar that we saw in 2019. So imagine bringing back uh, a Seante Evans and having Najee bury by his side in the boundary. Uh, whoo, Okay, well, <laughs> guess what? I, I know why I said that the linebacking core was one to watch, like one to really keep an I was gonna be keeping an eye on, and I still am, but this secondary is huge. Like I, I expect the secondary to be very aggressive and really make life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. And when you got guys like Evans and Murray in that secondary, alongside of a Marc Antoine de I I'm I'm telling you, there's there's a lot to like here and I, I'm really, really excited to see what how it's gonna how it's gonna work out.
1: Oh, no, I agree. Um, also, too, uh, we got to see him real quickly. Tyrell Richards coming off the field. It's good to see him back. fully. He seems to be fully healed up, and uh, he's uh, doing what he's doing. Uh, um, uh, Brock Gownlock, we, I know we talked to him real just real quickly. Uh, yeah. and, uh, that's
0: another guy that, as we've said... I'm, we're expecting big things out of him because of what he did in training camp last year, and once again, the injury bug. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Tim, there's so many. I
1: know, man. Outstanding
0: players that last year just were not lucky when it came to that. We're just bitten by the injury bug, and Brock is definitely a prime example of that. And this is a guy that can definitely cause a lot of damage. And
1: well, cool. I'm sure everybody remembers the last preseason game what he did. Exactly. And by the way, wasn't that wasn't that versus one of his current uh, uh, teammates? Was it, wasn't it? that against Caleb Evans? I'm pretty sure it was Tyree Evans. Oh, the other ty- auto- I couldn't remember which, which who was against, so. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I mean, it's it's crazy like that. I mean, even even this year, like when you think about the fact that uh, Brian Harlemana is on the same team as Cody Fajardo, who he terrorized when Fajardo was with uh, the mm-hmm. Rough Riders. Like, I'm sure Fajardo's now I was like, oh good, he's on my side, so <laughs> I don't have to look under my bed for this guy at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... I w- again. There'll be more to watch. You know, we had to, It was a matter of wh- who we were going to watch this time around. I know, as said, both I know you and I usually watch different things. But I, it's. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed with with day one of camp. I really was. Uh, just again, it's just getting used to these guys. You know, the weather was weather was perfect. Um, you couldn't ask for any much more for our first day of camp.
0: No. And being able to talk with so many different people, not just players, but coaches oh, as well. Yeah, and other yeah. admin people. I mean, it was just, just, it, it felt like a, a family reunion. And that's the awesome part is that you, you go and you talk to these guys and they want to know how your off season was. They want to, you know, they're asking about, you know, how, how are the, how's the flight deck going? Like, how are, how are things there? And just being able to tell them of what we've been able to accomplish and seeing the excitement in their eyes and like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. And you know, I, to me, it feels like they want to be able to provide us with great content and great stuff to talk about. And we want to let them. We want to let them provide us with that great content. So, I, again, I, I think everybody is truly excited, truly ready to see what this team can do. I mean, there's a lot to work with here. So mm-hmm. it really is just going to come down to what you do during these camp days. You know, it's, it's a grind. There's no question about that. You ask any of the players, whether they're a veteran or a rookie, it's a grind. And all you want to do is just go out there, ball out, do the best you can and just win that job, win that spot on the roster and just be able to say, yeah, I am a member of this team. I belong here and I'm going to show that I do belong in the conversation as well. Yeah,
1: Um, I I will admit, you know. I was one of the, and I'm sure you remember, I, I was pretty hard on the team when it when finding out that, you know, a lot of our first, you know, most, a lot of our pick draft picks this year weren't going to be, weren't going to be showing up for, um, you know, for showing up for camp this year. we you know, obviously, we found out about our seventh round backpack uh, draft pick this year. He won't be coming because he just signed a big contract with Cincinnati. Um, but it was nice to see our first round draft pick today, uh, Lowell Ugyak. Um, signed with the Owls uh and at, as it's been reported it was for 2 years plus a, a an option year so he's already on the roster um you know i'm curious to see how this guy fits in and how well he does getting used to the canadian game
0: because mm-hmm. let's not forget a few months ago he was playing in the national championship game mm-hmm. down in the states and now he's a member of the Montreal Alouettes.
1: I think he wants the, to. I think he wants to forget about that national championship game. Do you remember the score of that game? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if you were a TCU guy, you were not having a good day. Uh, maybe but. he
1: remembers more or less the semifinal because they actually smoked. You know, He, he yeah, they, they, they. Who did they play in the semifinal? Either way, whoever it was, they smoked. And they, but then they they themselves got smoked by Georgia. Um, I, I think it was Michigan. Didn't they smoke Michigan? I think it was man. I have to go back and look, but yeah, you're probably I, right. Right. But, but still, but you know he's a Edmonton Alberta native. He's only twenty three, so I'm curious to see how 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 he how well he gets accustomed to the uh, to, to this defense.
0: Yeah, as 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 we all as we all know, this defensive line is practically a murderer's row of talent. I mean, there's there's definitely some incredible names on there. Uh, I mean, guys like Nick Usher, Amando Sewell, Jamal Davis. I mean, these are heavy hitters, guys that can really make life miserable for opposing offenses. Mm -hmm. By the way, new number nine, Jamal Davis. That's right. See, again, this all comes back to (laughs) everything is old and new again kind of deal. It's hilarious. I mean, but yeah, uh, for Ugoak to get into this lineup and get a chance to really work with a lot of these guys, I think is going to be so tremendous. And uh, again, I don't want to put too much pressure on, on this young man, but... You know, I I think he wants to prove that he can be that guy here in Montreal, mm-hmm. and I have to believe he's going to get every single opportunity available to him in order to do so. So now that he, now that we know that he's signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, I I fully expect that you know he's going to take a day or two to get his get his bearings here in Montreal and get used to the Canadian game, but come the the scrimmage game on Saturday, I I'm hoping to see him in the in there and. I just want to see what – I want to see what this guy's all about.
1: Yeah, for sure. And by the way, uh, I know you wanted to mention too that uh, not only did the Alouettes sign uh, sign into the roster, but the Alouettes also had their CFL-mandated uh, releases uh, down to – I think the roster down to 75 players, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, quite a few names were released. Uh, uh, most notable names, though, would be, uh, for example, Ronnie Blackman, who was just signed a couple of weeks ago uh, to much fanfare and – it just didn't quite work out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rashad Harding, uh, someone who we'd been keeping our eye on as well and expected big things out of, T2, for whatever reason, uh, couldn't crack that uh, linebacking core. So that's unfortunate. Uh, a lot of the other names, though, are just probably just camp hands, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, as you say, you, you got to cut down to 75 uh, by this past Tuesday at midnight. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, so unfortunately, like there's there's no big names, there's no big shocking names. Unfortunately, it's just a couple of players that we know that uh, we were expecting something out of, and it just didn't pan out. So, you know, is that's just the way it is. Maybe they end up in another camp. Maybe someone else gives them an opportunity that the Elowitz wouldn't. Or maybe by the time the season rolls around, more uh, cuts are made, and maybe they end up back uh, with the team on the practice roster. That's yeah, that's that's the thing with football is th- this time of year, it's it's tough because. There's only so many positions available and, you know, everybody's playing lights out. Everybody's doing everything they can to secure a spot on this team. And unfortunately, the number ga- numbers game doesn't always work in your favor.
1: No, no, it doesn't. Um, I, it's funny. You know, we kind of mused last week. You know, we're talking about well, the first day of practice and stuff like that. Uh, if Alouettes' new owner Pierre Carpelado was going to show up, well, <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> he
0: sure did. <laughs>
1: he, he he showed up with he showed up and uh, he was. I know he did a, 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 a. He was part of the scrum. He was there. Uh, I think he actually came in the day prior. If I'm not mistaken, and talked to the the, the uh, talked to the players, gave him a I guess a a a, a pre-camp speech, um, which seemed to go over quite well. That is available, by the way, over the Alouettes' website. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and also, too, doing it in English, obviously, because let's face it, ninety-five percent of the team is English-speaking, and would probably wouldn't understand if he were to give his speech in French. And to his credit, did a, a very good job, very admirable job in speaking a language that is. I guess not his. Obviously, not his his native tongue, Mm -hmm. but still, I think was able to convey the story of how he came to be and how he came to be the owner of the Alouettes. And you know, I think did a. a, I like think he did a pretty good job of being able to fire everybody up and just let them know, like, hey, we're here for the long haul. Like, I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you are given every opportunity to succeed as a member of this organization. And to me, like, I, I think after. So many years of, well, let's face it, just uh, a circus like atmosphere when it came to so many things on and off the field. Yeah. If billionaire Pierre can truly provide that stable environment to allow this football team to grow and flourish like we expect it to, like we hope it will, then to me, like that's that's half the battle right there. And we know what he's capable of as as an owner. Like we know what his resources are. We know what you know his intentions are with his team and if he's ready to follow through with that and get the players on board and get them excited about the prospect of being a Montreal Alouette that's huge to me that like that's what's going to take to help bring back that stability bring back that good feeling and get people excited about this team
1: again oh exactly exactly and um anything anything you know they had a couple of press conferences that they the post game scrums they've done um I love hearing the insight from not only you know all the all the players that we've had on there. Greg Ellingson did had a had a great thing. Cody Fajardo, I think has been on there too. Um, I know Cody's taking everything in stride, trying his best when it comes to to uh, to, to learning French. One of the ones that really I don't I don't know why I'm so surprised about it, but having you know having Goat AC Anthony Calvillo starting off and taking. Uh, I was like, oh, AC is going to speak. He's going to you know, he's just I think the reporters would would fall into just asking him questions in English. No, he act, he took questions in French. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing.
0: It really is. I mean, like for for those of you that don't know, Anthony Calvillo is not a Montrealer. I mean, he's a Montrealer now, but born and raised in California. And of Latin heritage, I mean, (laughs) you would expect his Spanish to be okay and his English to be okay. Like, French, you wouldn't necessarily think of. I mean, that's essentially his third language. And he's out there killing it. I mean, yes, he's been living in Montreal now for 20-plus years. So, I mean, raising a family here in Montreal, living here 24-7, 365, I mean, yeah. I mean, you immerse yourself in, in the French culture you're going to absorb it. That, that really is it. Like the best way to learn a different language is to immerse yourself in the culture of that language. And that's essentially what AC's done. He lives in Montreal. He works in Montreal. He deals with both French and English people. And for him to be able to come out and now start doing interviews in French is tremendous. And my God, I'm, I'm so proud of him. I mean, I, I said, I've been an AC guy. I mean, as long as the LOS and AC have been together, like I've been behind him 100%. I, I've, I, I've been a little critical of him at times when it comes to his coaching and all that. But, I mean, you can't question his heart. You can't question his dedication to this team. His And, again, it just speaks to that, the fact that he's able to come and do these interviews in French. I mean, he could just as easily say, you know what, I'm sorry, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. But, no, he's jumped in with both feet doing interviews in French. Again, his third language, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I mean i i mean that that's tremendous i mean how can you not be proud of his efforts how can you not be proud of the fact that he's willing to do that he embraces the culture he embraces everything about being a part of this city a part of this province a part of this country really when you think about it i i mean listen he's he's not he may not be a pure then québécois but He's pretty darn close nowadays.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and also uh, Tyrell Sutton too. I mean, you and I have heard him speak French before, but obviously, you know, with his family situation too, it it makes a hell of a lot, makes a hell of a lot of sense. So it's, um, but just hearing him, him go off, it's you know, it's just, it's just a huge plus for the community. It really, really is.
0: No, and that's the thing. That's what Billionaire Pierre talked about, was being able to make the Alouettes relevant in Montreal again. I mean, you're not going to knock off the Canadians as the, the, the number one sports team in the city. You're, you're just not. But there is a place for you here. There is a place for you in the sports landscape. It's just a matter of making yourself available to each and every member of like each and every citizen, whether they speak English, French, or other. But that's the key thing is being able to communicate and reach out and be a, a, a part of this community. And I think this coaching staff, by and large, gets it. Yes, we expect Danny Machocha to be able to do things bilingually. We expect the general manager – well, Danny Machocha is the general manager. We expect him to be able to do that. We expect the president of this organization, Mark Waitman, to be able to do that, and he does. Now that we have an owner who is bilingual as well, maybe more primarily French, but still, he's he also recognizes and appreciates the value of being able to communicate in both official languages. And the fact that the Elwes are taking those steps to ensure – that everybody in the province of Quebec realizes, hey, this can be my team because I understand them, whether I speak English, whether I speak French, or just because I love football. I, to me, that, that that's really what it comes down to, is just making things available and accessible to everybody. And if the Alouettes can do that and do that well, it, it's just going to raise the profile, not just of the Alouettes, but the Canadian Football League as a whole.
1: No, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um... We'll, we'll you know there was some some more news that the team talked about um before we you know preview what's what's to come next Saturday um but the team finally officially announced the theme nights for 2023 Cliff and you, you know they really have been hyping up uh what's to come on the home opener on June 10th um it i I am hoping hoping and of all times this is one of the times that I hope that the hype is real and mm-hmm. it comes to fruition you know what i mean because it's you know videotron being the partner um obviously you know foot you know the preseason game on the second june 2nd uh they either buy one get one free ticket offer um but the home opener itself dude uh rally towels they're bringing back alowitz beer oh yeah for a second and they call us here with a special touch for the diehard fans i don't, we don't know what that means but we'll find out but and then they go, most importantly, a major halftime show will soon be announced, as well as the local band that will be hosting the pregame. this This is Grey cup type of stuff here, the the hype that they're giving for this for this home opener. And we, yep. and we joked a few weeks back about who could this who could this halftime act be? And I just just for for giggles, I just went out and put it on social media. I said, you know, simple plan. Wouldn't it be funny? If it was, simple plan, because home, you know, they they are, I think they're in the process of doing a new, I think they're st- they are still active, and j- they are homegrown, internationally known. That'd be pretty cool. But I guess, I guess we'll find out, uh, I guess, within the next few weeks. Yeah.
0: Like last year, the BC Lions kind of set the bar pretty high when they had, I think it was One Republic playing their home opener. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no small feat when you think about it, and, you know. I don't know if it generated necessarily more sales or not. And I, I do know that a lot of people really got into the the whole tailgate atmosphere around BC Place. Not, you can't tailgate in the traditional sense, but they had uh, like uh, a concert stage set up with other acts that were performing. Uh, they had, uh, you know, alcohol sales. They had uh, uh, food trucks, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. They did, they did quite the whole to do, if you will, outside of BC Place. And then once you got in, and then, okay, we got one Republic who was. You know a pretty well-known band who's even played a Grey Cup halftime show. Uh, you got these guys opening the the, the season, like the, for the season opener. You got these guys playing. So I'm not saying Montreal has to attain that level necessarily, but with all this hype and everything, you better bring out a true name act. Like I'm I'm not these you know Franglais singing Quebec bands that you know are notorious for being on uh, sequoia or something like that. Like the, the the local radio stations. Like you need a true name band and. I mean, Simple Plan would fit the bill. They would definitely check off the boxes as far as something that would be known league-wide, nationwide, Mm -hmm. if you will, too. So would it be them? Could it be something? But it would have to be someone of that caliber, if you will. I mean, we're we're not going to get Led Zeppelin playing.
1: (laughs) No, no. (laughs) playing. There uh, will be. And and this is just me. This is just me musing. I I think there will be some ties. I think this will be an an internationally known group or person with ties. So – to uh, the ties would, to Montreal and to Quebec, it so, would make
0: sense. I, I and I don't think it would be Celine Dion either. Even no.
1: though that would definitely oh, wow, awesome. that really would. That really would. That <laughs> would be something that you. Yeah, I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get, you know gain hype and and uh, potentially like they did for the uh, Putin helmets. is create FOMO. They, that's what they're trying to do, and I completely get it. I completely get it. So once we know, you'll know. Once we know, you'll know. Interesting tidbit for the for the for the july 1st canada day game uh first it's the family game which we usually have those later on the year uh, it's the pure later tackle hunger game so i'm, I'm expecting the gray cup to be in the in the uh, in the stadium so if you want to take a picture with that uh they're doing mm-hmm. their hot dog specials um you know kids uh, five dollar tickets for, ch- for kids under 16 um but one of the things that they did not mention on the website, but did uh, on the English side of the website, but didn't mention on the French side of the website, is what got me more hyped than I thought I would be. Because I, you know, I read through the uh, through the presser, and then I was like, oh, and then oh, the Alouettes for the first time since twenty fourteen Cliff are going to be unveiling a brand new third jersey. Hmm,
0: interesting. So, I, guess the, I guess the question too is if you're going to bring in another jersey, obviously you're hoping that fans are going to be want to be able to buy said jersey. So, are you doing a brand new jersey, or are you bringing back a classic jersey? Like what? When because when it comes to a third uniform, it could be any one of those things. So, wonder what it's going to be.
1: I know. I, I'm curious. I'm curious to know. I mean, it's this will be the this will be the ninth uh, alternate jersey that the Alouettes have worn since '99. Mm. So if you're curious to know the list, you can head over to my social over at Twitter, uh, uh, over at, uh, at Repact, and you'll you'll see it there. But, you know, I, I, I just memory, if memory serves, I swear, and I don't think, I don't know if this has anything to do with it or if it's tied into it in any way. I know the Alawitz were trying to do something for the 75th anniversary that ended up getting canceled in 2020. Uh, I don't know if, if it has anything to do with that contest that was done back then, but I guess we'll, I guess, I guess we'll, ha- I guess we'll find out.
0: We will find out. So, uh, As Canada Day. So, I mean, like, you know, what, what better way to celebrate our nation's birthday than with new clothes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, music Quebecois Night will be on July 14th. Um, they're going to have uh, live music from local bands will be played at halftime. Uh, this is a big one. And I think this is part of the PKP. Um, uh, what, what do I call it? Uh, um, rain? Yeah, not necessarily rain, but influence. Influence. Okay. All right. July 30th, our first CFL Sunday night football, Cirque du Soleil. Really? They're going to be the halftime show, and they're going to, and currently they are, as many of you may or may know, Cirque does have a, a show that they do here during the summer uh, summer months here in Montreal over at the Old Port. And mm-hmm. they are doing, they currently, the show that they're doing there is Echo. That's what they're going to be. They're going to be part of their performance is going to be based off what they're doing currently here in Montreal. That's 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 huge.
0: I'll say you don't have to go all the way to Las Vegas to watch Cirque du Soleil now. No. You just go to the Alouettes game. No.
1: Um, Friday and uh, August 11th, uh, Friday night live. It's going to be country music night. Uh, are we getting the same guys that the that they had at Grey cup? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably end up with like Steph Carr. So you know, I don't know if you remember, that, but that was no. the, the guy who did the uh, the French Canadian version of uh, Achy, "Achy Breaky Heart."
1: No, I, uh, oh, vaguely, vaguely, yeah, vaguely, I do, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I one of those if you know, you know, kind of things. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess it'll be somewhere in the middle. What, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting uh, Garth Brooks to come out and perform because he's not Québécois, no. but. Uh, no. I, I guess you know there's I guess there's a market for that and you know what's funny it seems like every CFL team when they're ta- they've announced their theme nights it seems like every one of them has a country night like is this like mm-hmm. a is this like kind of like this all in hashtag that's being used on Twitter like there's some sort of iteration of it from team to team to team like for example like the Alouettes use Al's in uh, the Red Blacks are now using All In and then the Rough Riders using All In Green. So by that same token, I guess every CFL team has to use all in in some way, shape or form. And by that same token, they also have to have a country night as like designate one of their games as a country (laughs) night. Is is that a new CFL mandate? Can someone clear this up with us?
1: Uh yeah, please. Uh September 2nd is going to be the fan appreciation fan appreciation game. Um giveaways, uh halftime our, our I think it's our annual Alouette's cheerleaders halftime show. Uh-huh. Uh student night which I think is is done really really well uh for the Alouettes. Uh that's going to be September 15th. Um where Uh, special discounts for students, uh, $5 beer during pregame, and uh, the uh, annual BMX show, which is done at halftime. Uh, Then Thanksgiving Day, yes, this is our celebration, Thanksgiving. Um, It's our classic. Um, Again, versus the Red Blacks. Uh, I don't know what else I to be doing that day. I know the we- that weekend is the season ticket holders ga- uh, event, if I remember correctly. I think it's on the 8th or the 7th. I have to go back and check. Mm-hmm. I know the outlets have already announced that. Uh, October 28th, uh, Halloween. What are you going to dress up as?
0: Mm. Oh, man. Well, now I've got time to plan, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> i gotta, I got to come up with a fire costume, I guess, as the kids say. There you go. Oh, God. Um, Speaking of kids, that also is a family game. So You're right. Tickets will be $5 for the kiddies.
1: That's right. Uh, special Halloween halftime show with the cheerleaders again. Uh, and the stadium will be decked up for the occasion. Spooky. Woo-hoo. I don't know what that means. I guess we'll find out. I'm curious if they're going to bring back the lights, the lights that they've had over the past couple of years.
0: Well, shoot. I hope so. We'll
1: I mean, see. I think it, I think add a little bit of, of uh, ambiance to that stadium, uh, but that's that's it. Those are the uh, all the theme nights for the uh, any particular one that you're you're looking forward to. I mean, for me, I think it's the home opener. I'm curious to know what the hell's going on, and then obviously the game versus uh, uh, where they are unveiling or going to be wearing their uh, the new third jerseys.
0: I mean, those are like yeah, definitely two games for sure that people are going to they want people attending those games because yeah, they're pimping them out with something fierce. I mean, whether it's the, the 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 excitement of who could this big act be mm-hmm. and then you've got another game where you can see a new third jersey I, I mean there's excitement in that as well uh I think the Cirque du Soleil show is, has potential to be interesting as well because we know a sh- Cirque du Soleil it can be quite the production how are they going to be able to pull this off during halftime I'm not sure but you you've got my you've got my attention I'm, I'm curious And, of course, Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, we always get excited about the Thanksgiving game. I mean, it's such a great atmosphere. I mean, it's the long weekend, so much stuff. I mean, we've so far been blessed more often than not with really decent weather for the Thanksgiving game. I, I mean, usually it's still pretty sunny out despite being in October. Uh, usually, the temperature is ideal. I mean, not uh, not too hot, not too cold. I mean, there there have been times too where we've
1: been. We've had you know, everything, dude. We've been sitting in rain for for Thanksgiving. The only thing we haven't had was snow for a Thanksgiving game. Shut your mouth. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking for. <laughs> we've been it. lucky. Wrong. We've never had snow at an Alouettes game.
0: Thanksgiving game. Uh,
1: well, Alouettes game,
0: period. We we've had snow during playoff games. We've had snow. Uh, yeah, but we like haven't had one. Game.
1: But we haven't had like a like a Western snowstorm that type of thing where it's. Snow on the field, you can't see the numbers. Uh, you know, you know, like people wish Grey Cup would always be. You just, well,
0: you know what I mean? Well, the closest coming that would be the twenty fourteen Eastern semifinal. Like, yes, they did clear the snow off, but I mean, there was a that's there fair. was a ton of snow for that. That's
1: fair, Handily. and that
0: added to the atmosphere too.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's, yes, that's fair. We
0: we've gotten snow during a game, just not during a Thanksgiving game.
1: So. No, 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 please no. We've had rain, but you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's not fun. I mean, no. Football is fun, but not when it's like raining cats and dogs. Yeah.
1: Um, speaking of, watch the weather. We're going to hype it. Up. Watch the weather for this for this week's uh, scrimmage on Saturday. Um, it's supposed to be I as of we're taping, uh, cloudy, high at twenty. Uh, the I guess the tailgate starts at three. The game scrimmage starts at four thirty. And that will be over at uh, Stade Diablos over in Trois-Rivières. Um, if, go- if it's anything like it was last year, Cliff, it's going to be so much fun. The crowd was really into it. Um, I'm hoping the weather the weather seems to be a little bit warmer than what it was last year. But, you know, make sure you watch. If you're going to come, come early and make sure you uh, check the weather for depending on what, what type of clothing you're going to have to wear.
0: Right, because if I'm not mistaken too, that there's supposed to be food trucks that'll be there, there's gonna be activities for kids, there's yeah. gonna be the boutique will be there,
1: the Al's boutique will be yeah. there. Yeah.
0: So I mean, what better way to get your merch and you know, get get ready for the season, you know, nice and early and yeah, just come out for a, a great what will no doubt be a great scrimmage game, a good chance to meet some players as well before, during, and after. I mean, yeah, I, I remember the, like the scrimmage game last year was a lot of fun, even though they had it on a holiday Monday, which was a little different, but because of the way training camp started i mean there was a whole it was a whole thing but this year I, i'm curious to see how it's going to play out uh, as there, we're now back to a quote-unquote normal schedule mm-hmm. as far as training camp goes so yeah i i sincerely hope everybody shows up like they did last year because that stadium holds i think about 2500 people and it was damn near full i mean i I remember looking at, throughout the crowd and like it was wall-to-wall people it was great I mean it, I think it made for a, a very fun atmosphere and I think the players too felt it as well like they kind of got that rush knowing that okay they're here to see us they're here to see what we were able to do even if it is playing against you know offense versus defense like it's the same team but different like you know blue versus white kind of deal but i I think that if we get the, a full stadium like we did last year and and I, I think we're gonna end up with a very entertaining afternoon of football. And, folks, this is what we've been wanting for the longest time. I mean, we, we finally got a little taste of it this past Sunday. It was great. Uh, if you've been going to the sessions in trois then it may not have quite that excitement and fanfare as it would, at, say, on a weekend. But, I mean, Saturday is going to be where it's at. Like, this is your true opportunity to see an actual football game, if you will, with your team, with the players that you, we, we've been talking about. And seeing how it's all going to come together, seeing the hard work that they've done throughout the week, you're going to see it manifest on Saturday. And come out and support this team, folks. That's that's really what it comes down to. Is come on out to Twattery and check out these Alouettes in action.
1: Exactly. By the way, uh, just one quick thing which I hadn't mentioned to you, and it, it's kind of a, it's related to personal moles. And I was uh, I was walking around during work uh, at during lunch um, while Ledger I was at work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, while I was at work. Um, and I just—I mean, I'm just—you know—literally just up, just down the hill from from Percival Molson, mm. and I knew they were starting to get ready already. You know how I knew Cliff because okay. the company that does the deliveries for um for Lacage that sets up the, the Lacage section over Percival Molson was already there bringing in uh, supplies. Ooh, okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and also just that I just happened to notice this too as I'm going over their web page. You know how the section that we usually sit in, and at the uh, it is uh, the we're able to get our um, internet if we want to sign up through the thing is usually through Telus, right?
0: That's right. You know,
1: it Won't be the Telus Telus uh, uh, Wi-Fi zone anymore. It's currently Fizz. Oh, Fizz! Uh, telus is, should not be in the because uh, I, I thought they they were uh, I thought that they were a league wide sponsor, but I guess they're a team sponsor because it's they're nowhere to be seen on the uh, on the L's website now. No So,
0: hey, I, and I'm sure billionaire Pierre, owner of Quebecor, which is owner of Videotron, oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. owner of Fizz. Exactly. I'm it's, sure he had nothing to do with it. Uh,
1: nothing at all. I think it's pretty funny though. It's hey, if if the the the, the PKP uh thing is able to come about and and you know bringing all these these wh- wh- where it's going to be the the group that's going to be playing at the at uh, the the home you know the home opener and and you know the PKP effect hey so you know what the owners using what the owner has and that that's all I, that's all you can ask for when it comes to an owner
0: so well that's it we, and he's talked about it. he he knows he's going to have to foot the bills he's going to probably take a bath for the next year or two as he You know, fully integrates himself into this team and puts his own sort of molds it into his own sort of vision, with the idea that as this team becomes successful and stays successful, and the stands get filled, and people are buying merch and buying season tickets, and you know, just buying into the Alouettes in general, eventually things will turn around, and God forbid this team actually starts making making money for for billionaire Pierre, Mm -hmm. and if that if it's going to take something like him going all out. Right away and making an impact right away. That that's what you got to do. Like you you got to stand up and stand out. Simply put, and it it all starts that that home opening game sponsored by Videotron. I mean that's his company. He's putting his stamp already on the game with that alone. Now whatever act he trots out, I mean as as we said, you can't miss with this one. I mean it's got to be a truly known act and. If that's what it's going to take to fill the stands, then so be it. At this point, get them in. However you can get them in and get them watching football. And if the Alouettes play an outstanding football game and convince them, oh, man, I had a blast at this game. I'm definitely coming to the next one. Or, you know what? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go ahead and I'm going to get myself some season tickets Or, or buy one of these ticket packages that are available. I mean, that's what it's going to take. And the fact that he's able to invest in this team and see it through as he says he's going to, I mean, that can't help but make you feel good inside. That can't help make you relieved, especially after all we've been through over the past 10 years easily when it comes to, like, ownership uh, stuff and all, all the other extracurriculars, if we, if you will. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: God, I just sincerely hope, it, if nothing else, this new ownership regime of PKP, just get the Alouettes back on track, on and off the field, uh, I I still trust in Danny Machocha to be able to do the right thing when it comes to personnel. I I trust in this organization, the higher-ups, that they know what they're doing off the field as well. Now it's just a matter of getting the 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 on-the-field things right and just putting together what will be a fun, interesting team to watch. Win or lose, make sure that this team is entertaining as hell each and every week that they go out and play.
1: Exactly. Should be fun. So if you're coming out, let us know uh, on social media that you'll be heading out to Troy uh, for the uh, scrimmage. Um, come by and say hey. Uh, we'll be more than happy to, to meet, you know, and we're happy to meet our, our listeners. Um, but uh, once again, it,
0: we'll be the guys wearing the flight deck here Who, who would
1: have thought? Who would have thought? Um, right. I know, eh? I know. Uh, and as I mentioned last week, stay tuned. Next couple of days, that uh, that tease that I made for about that new piece of merch should be out available soon. So, uh, stay tuned for that. So, Cliff, I'll talk to you soon, brother. I, and uh, we're gonna, I'm sure you know, we're gonna have fun at the game on Saturday. Uh, so, for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach.